Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Hello, my wonderful listeners, and welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. Oh, gosh, the amount of excitement I have for the next several guests coming up is ridiculous. Um, I'm just so excited. But before I dive in there, I want to introduce this week's amazing guest, Miss Megan McNeely. So Megan is an incredible entrepreneur and a corporate employee and the new author of Reinvent the Wheel, How Top Leaders Leverage Well-Being for Success. If you really think about the paradigm, it is outdated. We used to think that you had to work long hours and you had to spend more time in the office and you had to prioritize work in order to be successful. But I think that there's a new shift happening and Megan so brilliantly talks about this on this week's episode that you don't necessarily need to be successful before you can focus on being healthy and your well-being. In fact, you can do and be well at the same time. And more so, if you make well-being a focal point of your life, you can actually leverage it to create even more success. And that's what Megan's here to talk about. She is an impact-driven entrepreneur and founder of Wellbeing Drive Success, as well as an award-winning 20-plus year first vice president and wealth management advisor at one of the largest financial firms in the world. So Megan's story is a bit crazy, and you guys are going to hear a lot about this on this week's episode, but Megan chased the traditional model of success as a high achiever. She worked the hours and invested in the hustle. But in 2010, her life crescendoed into the perfect storm. Her health had begun to deteriorate when she was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. I think I said that right. This condition froze her hands until she was unable to hold a pen, which is crazy. Then she contracted chronic kidney disease followed by kidney cancer. And I don't know if you guys can resonate with this, but sometimes when you're working really hard, working towards goals and being told that this is the only way to feel validation and success, uh, it's really hard to work yourself out of that. I mean, you really, I've, I've been in instance in my life and I know there are many others, previous guests on this show, as well as individuals listening who just don't feel like they have the time to take care of themselves. But it wasn't until Megan, she had to, started turning her focus to well-being that everything started turning around. And I'm not just talking about the traditional model of sleep, diet, and exercise. Instead, Megan started working on creating a holistic lifestyle that was based on 18 different practices and principles, all focusing on a different area of wellness. So for her, she had created this lifestyle where a balance between her mind, body, and spirit, and a collection of practices that focused on harnessing the power in all three of those came into her life and literally saved her. And that's what today's episode is about. We talk about all of these different practices. We talk about Megan's holistic definition of well-being, our gratitude is the ultimate cheat code, the best place to start if you actually haven't even started your path to well-being, why wellness needs a mind, body, and spirit component, and all sorts of amazing, amazing, amazing concepts that I'm so excited for you guys to experience and explore. 
Uh, coming from a corporate background myself, I know how hard it is to juggle multiple jobs, to be uh, and put a focus on yourself when the world around you doesn't really seem to think that's important. So I hope that this particular episode from the lens of Megan's experience gives you what you need to start the journey or further the journey or really complete the journey of well-being and integrate that into your lifestyle so you can go about creating the life you've always wanted to live with the energy, enthusiasm, and love that you've always wanted to experience it with. So I hope you guys are super excited about this week's episode. If you haven't already, uh, all the links to Megan's new book, uh, which actually is coming out right around the corner. Super excited about that. It's actually uh, it's sitting on my desk right now. I'm loving it. So definitely go check it out. But if you haven't already, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes or any of the podcast apps. All that means that every time there's a new episode live, it comes straight into your phone so that you can listen to this as soon as it's up or listen to it on your drive or wherever you are. Leave us some feedback. Get in touch with me on social media. Let me know what you love and don't love. I'm here for you guys, and I'm so excited. The next couple episodes are amazing. But without further ado, here is uh, my good friend, Miss Megan McNeely. Enjoy. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Grounded. Hope everybody listening, uh, tuning in is having a phenomenal day so far. I could not be even happier. Hey, Megan, how are you? I'm doing amazing, Raj. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm just so pumped for this one. Just even in the setting that we met, we met each other on Necker, and I just saw this giant ball of light uh, coming from <laughs> you. were just emanating this amazing aura about you. And then I got to know more about what you're up to in the world and all of the things that you believe in. And I actually, it made perfect sense why you had such a vibrant energy about you. So I'm super excited right now. Thank you for that. Well, I think it was yeah, yeah. we were in the British Virgin Islands and it was so beautiful there. It's easy to be filled with light. Uh, in a place it is, it is really like easy. That. It is really easy out there. I, I, I concur. But I do want to say I'm reading your book right now, Reinvent the Wheel. How Top Leaders Leverage Well-Being for Success. And I want to start there because you mentioned something in here and you're constantly mentioning well-being as a pillar. I think I'm curious and I think I'd like to start this interview by talking, maybe hearing your own explanation of what well-being means, because I think you use it in a really interesting way. I think most people just associate well-being with either a physical component or a spiritual component, or a mental component, you seem to have a very holistic approach. So can you define what well-being means and how you came to that realization of, or how you came to that definition of what well-being means? I think that most people, and maybe a lot of your viewers, most people think about well-being in terms of the first things that come to mind. Like if you ask the average person, what does well-being mean to you? Most people, and especially in the focus that I have in the workplace, People will say things like, well, being would be to eat better, to sleep better and, uh, you know, exercise. That's usually the go to things people say. And that, you know, 12 years ago was exactly what I would have said as well. So when I found myself an executive at a major financial firm, I'm also an entrepreneur. When I found myself striving and receiving year after year accolades in my firm, I'm still there. I'm still doing really well. 
all sorts of awards on my wall, what I found myself simultaneously is breaking down behind the scenes. And what I thought, you know, clearly when I was diagnosed with the first autoimmune disease, which was moderate to severe rheumatoid arthritis, what I thought to myself is that very question, I really need to address my well-being. And the first things I thought of, eat better, sleep better, and exercise. I created, in order to start this hero's journey to regain my health, I created what I call a well-being wheel. And for your listeners, you know, just mentally imagine a bicycle wheel in front of you. And what I learned in my journey to cure myself of that illness, you know, with help from doctor, you know, multiple doctors, multiple alternative medicine people, multiple healers, is I learned that that's a very limited view of what well-being really is. That's just the start of it. And the reason I found that out, Raj, is I wasn't healed after I completely started to sleep better, eat better. I mean, if if I had healed myself in that moment, like a year later, I was only, I was started to drink green drinks and I completely changed my diet. I started getting yeah. eight to nine hours of sleep. I just didn't heal. So what I created was this well-being wheel. And I thought, let's, let me see what else there is to explore related to well-being. And in the middle of the wheel for your readers to imagine there's a body, well, there's you in the middle. And I separate you into like three different categories. So emanating out from the wheel, we have six spokes that are related to body. And those first ones I mentioned, eat, plant-based diets, sleep enough, (laughs) and do enlivening exercise happen to be the first three spokes on the wheel. But then I learned that where I really started to heal was in the mind category. And also the third one is the spirit category. So we have body, mind, and spirit circling around this wheel. And they're all action items. Every spoke represents an action. I'll give you an example of a mind one. Meditate. They're all action-oriented verbs. Another one, deal with your baggage. There might be something that happened to you in your past that really scarred and traumatized you. And maybe on your way to work, you're stewing about that thing. And I like to tell the executives I work with, I mean, you can drink all the green drinks you want and you can have your mindful coffee moment, you know, every morning as you make your job a press. But if you've got a trauma stewing in the back of your head while you're driving, you're undoing your well-being. Yeah. So, and then an example of a spirit spoke would be embracing your spirit lifting hobbies creating intimacy with people that you love. So I believe well-being is much more vast and it doesn't mean it needs to be complicated. That's why I created this very simple image for people to see. It's the first image I've ever seen in one fell swoop that you could understand completely what well-being is. And people can see it's on my website. If any listener wants to look, it's just up there for free. It's um, at meganmcneely.com. But that image is really cool. I love it. I yeah created it to heal myself. Yeah. And I, what I love most about this, because I mean, I think about my own life. Now I feel like I'm living more in line with my values and my purpose than I ever have. And as a result, I feel like I'm moving as fast as I ever have. And so can you talk about how, if it's not body, then I would imagine the spirit or the mind sort of the, those actions. Like, can you, can you yes. tie in how those spokes lead into purpose and creating purpose and and how do you develop purpose just by focusing on simple acts like the spokes you mentioned? Okay, this is perfect because you're a great example of this. 
So one of the spokes in the mind category is aligned values and actions. Okay. And my philosophy is that if you are leading as a leader or just even as someone in the workplace, if you, let's say, have that as a core uh, strength of yours, you align your values with your actions. You know, like as Gary Zukoff says in his interview with Oprah, he said, it's like your soul is a giant cruise ship and your life is this little lifeboat. And once it like sinks up to that cruise ship of your soul, yep. it's like, then you move, then you go fast. Then you are at your highest potential. When those two things, your values and your actions are separated, I believe that creates dis-ease or lack of well-being. And you don't have the foundation from which, which to jump higher. I think, you know, and a big part of my book is that I believe there is a new executive in our midst. And I call it the rise of the exceptional executive. I interviewed 18 CEOs and founders along with my own stories because I think there's a change and a shift rather than in our culture where there's people like you who care about these different aspects of well-being and they're using it to leverage success. So if somebody's uh, actions are aligned with values, then their sole purpose, it, it's almost like a power source from which, you know, it, it emanates from the spoke. And I consider like well-being equals wealth-being. And what I mean by that is when you leverage well-being for success in your personal and your uh, business life, I call it wealth-being because then it's leveraged. So that aspect that you're really good at, aligned values and actions, you know, serves as a launch pad for you to not waste time, to make decisions that are extremely clear because it's almost like a filter built into you. You don't waste, you know, a lot of these executives that I mentioned in the book, they don't waste time. And well-being, that particular aspect saves them time. It's kind of interesting. So as you're saying all this, I'm thinking about one of the most popular, I guess, CEOs in modern, I guess, social media culture, Gary Vaynerchuk, sure. who constantly talks about hustle, 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 right? Yes. And I know a lot of people, I mean, at least I've heard a lot of people say, oh, you know, he's too on the hustle train and all this. But when I look at his life, the reason why he probably has so much energy mm-hmm. is because he's living in congruence with his values and his values in congruence with, with his mission. And all of that lines up to where it looks like he's hustling 18 hours right. a day, but it does, probably doesn't feel like that to him. I think he's an excellent example of you know, living in alignment. So if he says, you know, one of his big tenets is kindness. He's always saying, be kind, you know, hello, like, don't be a, you know, say, but you know, it's like, don't be a jerk. Another thing too, like if you follow on Saturdays, he loves going to garage sales and finding deals. That's like his big hobby. And all these things are, he's leveraging them so he can achieve more. Yes. Because he's got a grounded base of, he knows, I mean, if there's anybody we can talk about, he knows exactly who he is. So for individuals that might be listening who feel like they're going uphill, like they're working uphill, it feels like there's this giant boulder that they're just pushing, pushing, pushing. It feels (laughs) exhausting. What are the first steps you'd recommend to someone like that? so that they can almost feel like the boulder's going downhill? I believe 
you know, and I think this would work whether it's the daily grind or a catastrophe happening. In my case, I had illnesses that, you know, were very detrimental. But for somebody who's who's struggling, you know, I I did a post about this. It does. It feels like we're pushing a boulder up a hill. I believe the only answer to any kind of stress like that, that is intense. Now, that stress could be your job and just everything you have to do today. It could be, you know, uh, your girlfriend having an issue. It could be your parent has dementia. It could be your teenager is depressed. I mean, it could be any kind of, we have this phrase in financial services, you can't catch a falling knife, okay? (laughs) It's like, describes perfectly how we feel when we have something cascading. There's a lot to do. There's an issue you have to deal with. I think the only answer to something like pushing that boulder up a hill is well-being. You know, your other choice is to do what most people in corporate America or in the entrepreneurial world do. They grab a coffee in the morning that's gigantic. They don't eat lunch. They do what I used to do, which is get a Diet Coke and some Cheetos because you're too busy. They have wine at night. So they have this strategy where they live, you know, they're trying to boost themselves up in the morning, bring themselves down at night. Then they watch Netflix all night because they're so freaking exhausted. And they're no better for any of those habits. You know, what I'm trying to show people, and especially with all the interviews I did with these amazing people in this book, is that there's actually leaders who, you know, understand they're pushing that boulder up the hill. But what they'll do is, you know, instead of waiting in line, you know, they'll make their own coffee. You know, they'll save time like that. And people are like, I don't have time to meditate. They'll take 10 minutes. But that 10 minutes leverages them so that they make faster, more grounded decisions moving through their day. I think the answer to your bolder question is the only thing to do is is well-being because there's no way to get through it and be better than to attend to you because that's the power center from which all else comes. So essentially, take care of your car being you, feed yourself premium gas, give yourself nice details, change your tires off, and just take care of yourself as you are on this race to wherever you want to go so that you can continuously move at the speed that you want to move in your life without feeling the exhaustion that life inevitably gives us. You know, I just wrote an article called The Rise of the Exceptional Executive, and there's a big difference now in our culture that I'm trying to bring to light. And that is there used to be, and it's still glorified in our culture, this one-dimensional, black and white workhorse that all they do is work. They're only about work. And they're the person, you know, maybe five years ago, maybe even last week that spent all Sunday in the office. You know, they come in on Monday, you say, how was your weekend? I was like grounded out all weekend. Actually, nobody really wants to hear about that person anymore. (laughs) They're kind of a dinosaur. What I'm seeing where I see real power is in people who that same person on Sunday, you know, they went for a hike. They had a break. They stepped back from work for a moment. They had dinner with their loved one. You know, they, after dinner, they played the guitar because that's their thing they like to do. They read for maybe 30 or 40 minutes, you know, maybe a new book that's in their personal growth arena. And then they might have 10 minutes of, you know, meditating and they're in bed by nine. That's why that person is doing better. Mm. (laughs) 
you know, can you see the difference? You know, that's because they took care of themselves. Well, and you think it's, it's a leveraged activity, even though it's stepping away for a moment. But what it does is it forces you to be productive and effective in the time you are working. Mm-hmm. Because if you are allowing work to bleed into this time, that just means you're... I've always believed that there's enough time in the day to get what you want to get done. And it comes down to you leveraging time. Now, I'm curious, why are you so passionate about this? Because I learned the hard way. I was stressing and striving. And in this book, I go through every single bad habit. There was a bad habit associated with all of the 18 spokes, whether it was drinking too much wine at night, drinking too you know, much Diet Coke, fixating on bad things that happened to me. I mean, I've always been positive. That was my one strength. But I learned the hard way. And what I found myself is, first of all, that first disease um, that I was diagnosed with was rheumatoid arthritis. I suffered for 12 years. Every single day, I could not walk without limping for 12 years. Now, granted, when I was seeing a client, I would grin and bear it so I didn't stumble in front of them. But then as soon as I was alone, I'd like limp again. I couldn't move my hands, for instance, for four of those years where they were frozen solid. I couldn't even hold a pen like this. Like I couldn't move them. They were frozen open like that. So I just had to memorize everything clients said to me. And I thought that was bad enough. But I also attracted another autoimmune disease to my shock. I attracted chronic kidney disease, which made me even more afraid because you need your kidneys. Kidneys are very important, as I learned. So I was watching my kidneys fail. And then I was diagnosed with kidney cancer. So here I am, you know, with doing these keynote speeches for my firm, looking pretty fantastic on the outside, but absolutely handling my well-being, you know, on this hero's journey to turn it around. And like I said, I felt like a falling knife many times. I, you know, started to share very quietly that I was suffering with other executives um, that I trusted. And the weirdest thing started to happen is a lot of people started to say the same thing to me. Oh, I have a thyroid issue. Or, oh, you know, I'm having stress. You know, the thing that most executives have mentioned to me in the last year is they're having panic attacks. It's very interesting, something different than I hadn't heard. But I've been lucky to interview some of the most amazing leaders in the world and just love having these conversations. But I'm not the only one who's, you know, suffering behind the scenes, trying to be the success that I want to be. So I started to, I just, started this well-being process and created this wheel to save my life, Raj, to be honest. I just went full on out. Like, I'm going to spend all of my free time dealing with my well-being, all these different aspects that I started to notice helped. I mean, that's how I made it. I was like, what works and what doesn't? You know, I didn't put acupuncture on here. I mean, I was like more, you know, I, I mean, there's something different for everyone. And I also realized that it has to be customized. So these things are very basic, like get enough sleep. Well, that may be different for you. And what I realized is I started to get better. The weirdest thing happened. I was already doing well at my corporate career. I thought it would derail my career. I thought my well-being project, because it was taking you know, me a lot of mental energy to eat well, sleep well, you know, go to therapy or you know, do all these different aspects of well-being, I thought it would derail my career. The opposite happened. So between 2010 and 2018, I more than quadrupled my take-home income. Wow. 
and I'm in a sales position. So, you know, we have unlimited income. Like, I mean, the sky's the limit. However you want to slice it, you can keep going. And so it was so fascinating that, I mean, my perfect storm in 2010, and I also got divorced that year. That was yet another, you know, stressor. I just started to leverage well-being. And I think what happened is I went from being that one-dimensional, black and white, super focused person, maybe not that interesting and perhaps maybe not that present, maybe a little stressed. I've had people say, you're like a night and day person. I mean, you've always been cheerful, but like you're much more present than you used to be not so frantic. I used to be frantic. (laughs) that frantic energy. And so I think that I started to do more business because all of a sudden I was, as I talk about in the book, this multicolored person that was more interesting because I started doing Kung Fu and I've got my orange belt in Kung Fu. I know it's not like huge, but that's awesome. What do you mean? You should totally celebrate that. That's amazing. (laughs) I became a Reiki master. I started to pursue all these interests. And then when I would be speaking to my clients, they're like, how you doing? I'm like, oh, I just, you know, became a Reiki master. Like, no, really? And we get in a discussion about that. It built trust. And they were like, I'd love to introduce you to another friend of mine. And my business boomed from there. And I thought I'm onto something. And so that's why I'm so passionate about it. I learned the hard way. I learned that well-being actually can be leveraged. For success. When you say leverage, can you can you describe what leverage means to you in this context? I mean that it can be used as a tool, like you're a pole vaulter and it's like the pole. Like you're running and you're running fast and you're getting somewhere. But if you want to jump over a hurdle, you're going to need a pole, right? That's mm-hmm. strong, that is going to launch you. And I believe that if you had a better start today, Raj, like if you had a great night's sleep last night, you were better leveraged. You have a better pull than most people. You know, like, I mean, you're just, it's uh, utilized for enhanced performance in business and life. That requires you to believe that you are a horse worth betting on. Mm -hmm. So for somebody who may be experiencing either insecurities or maybe feelings that they're not enough and they're not adequate and that requires them to work harder than other people or they're not smart enough so that requires them to do more how would you approach this conversation with somebody who has i guess that's baggage right like you mentioned it earlier like would you have to deal is dealing with those insecurities and those baggages actually a form of well-being and self-care in your mind sure um there's two spokes on this wheel that that address that one is deal with your baggage. And the other is master a positive attitude. Mm. So the deal with your baggage is looking backward. And believe me, we all feel inadequate. We all feel like we're not good enough. We all, that's like the most common thing. They've done a lot of studies that people have in common. It's so sad, isn't it? Right. Yeah, it is. it's, It's so sad. Even somebody who's like very cheerful like me. I mean, I think in some ways, you know, my ego is pretty big. Not not bigger than this room, but like I, you know, I like who I am, you yeah. know. But that t- takes a lot of work because you know I was, to- you know, told like many people, you know, as a kid, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. You know, I was not taught to express myself. I was told to be more demure. I was told to act like a lady. Frequently, I mean, at least once a week as a kid, 
and I still feel like I act like a lady now, but you know, a powerful one. But I think that, yes, you looking to where is the core of where that belief, that was the heart. That's hard for me. I think that's hard for a lot of people. It is. Yeah. Like it's hard to like look in there because it's akin to like cleaning out your garage. It's like the last thing you want to do. But I tell you, once your garage is sparkling clean and you've like uh, swept away those little crumbs of, you know, those, you know, I, I say in the book too, it's like thinking those thoughts, like, let's say we're playing in your mind. Somebody told you something that you weren't good enough. Okay. It's coming from somewhere. It's coming from someone, someone usually. Once you get that out of there, you realize, gosh, what was I doing? It was like, I was throwing myself at a fence, like, cause it didn't hurt the fence. It doesn't hurt the person who told you that. They don't even know you're thinking it. In fact, a lot of people, you know, I went back and talked to some of those people that had told me those messages. They don't even remember saying it. That's the big one. Uh, We had someone recently on the show who talked about how he had held a grudge for 20 years with a bully. And later on, he went through a landmark forum and, you know, in landmark, they told him face, confront your, your, your people. And so he went back and talked to the bully and mentioned that and, the bully felt so bad, didn't even remember. And then all of a sudden, this guy was like, wow, I've been carrying around this thing for 20 years that this person actually just feels really bad about. It. Like he's not that person. So I agree with the baggage. I'm, I'm curious now with spirits, because spirits are actually one of the things that I think energizes me the most. Yeah. You know, when I think about like gratitude or, 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 or fostering intuition or, yes. or really living in alignment and constantly giving and and experiencing and impacting like like that really energizes me so like what percentage i guess like if i let's let's say i have let's say 80 percent of my well-being right Mm -hmm. is that spoke or that like that's Mm -hmm. what i feel like energizes me do i Mm -hmm. need to sacrifice any of that to go and and to one of the things that slows me down is i feel pressured that i have to do all of it like I have to wake up, I have to go work out and then I have to come back and I have to practice gratitude and I have to come back and then practice my affirmations, my visualizations. And I have to sit down and I have to work on my baggage. And it just sounds like so much. And, and when I think about what, all that stuff I have to do, I actually just feel like I don't want to do any of it. Um, so like, you want to watch Netflix. yeah, that's actually more tempting to, to not deal with all of it. So I guess when getting started, even for me, like, is it bad that I just want to focus on the spokes that that I want to focus on or like, do you have any strategies for sort of layering it on or like uh, what, how do you best approach this? I think that that would be the perfect approach to start where you feel you have the most resonance Mm. where you think, you know, it gives you the most power because you're different than other people. You know, I think that if you feel that the spirit aspects are giving you more happiness, joy, success in your personal and your business life, I think you just stay right there. You know, the only reason I created 18 of these folks in the body, mind, and spirit categories is because, Raj, I had three diseases and I was broken down on the side of the road. I mean, I don't, you know, and I've, I've spoken to a number of corporate crowds. I have rarely had anyone come up to me and say they were sicker than I was. Mm. I was just in such bad shape. Yeah. And I, I would never wish that on anyone. So I just basically needed a complete overhaul. I think most of your listeners and perhaps you, you could just pick two and just go with that. Like, wow, I am feel, you know, like if most people, you know, in our workforces, if they basically, I mean, you can pick any three of them, 
you know, and just like, for instance, let's say somebody just decided to eat better, you know, decided to master their positive attitude and to celebrate intimacy spoke, those three things. You know, many people would find themselves 100% better, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and just, you know, it just depends on where they're lacking. And, you know, I think it's, it's a journey. I mean, one thing I've been talking quite a bit about in my head and also with people is, is we're all on, well-being is an ongoing thing. It's a way of life. Yeah. This isn't a trend. This is, you know, how you can run that marathon as opposed to like, you know, breaking down in the sprint. You know, none of us can sprint, you know, and I found myself literally out, you know, if I was a car, I would have, you know, needed a full transmission change. I was pushing my own car on the side of the road. My wheel was not, that's why I made it in the shape of wheel. My wheel was not rolling in any of these categories. And there's still things that I have to work on. So like this spoke on create intimacy, like I it's not for lack of trying, but I cannot find the right relationship. <laughs> so like, I'm not dating anybody right now. So, so there, like when that happens, when the right person comes around, I will work on that. Mm. You know, I'm not going to worry about it right now. There what you I go. Can't, yeah. And I don't worry about it right now. Whatever. I have a book coming out in two weeks. I am working more on meditate and eating well and getting enough sleep. And, you know, I had a flood this yeah. summer and consider that like a giant catastrophe and like, you know, put talk about pushing a boulder up a hill. And I thought to, you know, the first thing I thought of is I really want to go back to my bad habits. It was so weird. I was like, I, sh you know, this was such a hard day. I should have a second glass of wine. I was so weird, Raj. I mean, we are so tempted to go back to things that don't serve us. And I think one great thing about this visual for your listeners is it's just such a great reminder. Like there's so many aspects, just pick one. Yeah. That's so good. Just like spin the wheel and just grab one today. Like what do you think could help? How about speak your truth? Like, I love that one. Maybe I'll just speak my truth today. Maybe if the person, you know, who I see in line asks me how I am, I'll just say, Oh, a little overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> I love the, you said it earlier, you know, Pick something that resonates with you to give you the most power. What does feeling powerful feel like? Feels like everything is easy. It feels like the things that are happening during the day aren't just things happening. It feels like they're leveraged miracles. Like you created those miracles. Sort of. It almost feels like the universe is helping you. That. There's coincidences that drop into your awareness. Like, isn't that unusual? I was just thinking about that person and they called or, you know, you needed a little boost and then you got a card, you know, or, yeah, I mean, there's just so many things. I think that feeling powerful feels like you're you at your best, that there's no holding you back. There's no fear because you feel confident in yourself. You feel aligned. You feel that you'll face whatever it is because you know you're on the right path. Mm. I think a lot of us don't know what the, that path is, but you feel like you're on the right path, don't you? Oh, all the time. I mean, I feel yeah, like- Yeah, you definitely. I, the way, that's why I've been able to explain it is for the longest time, I recently read a book called The Surrender Experiment earlier in the year. Mm -hmm. And I think for the first 20, you know, 27, 28 years of my life, I was trying to put a flag on planet earth. Like, you know, I'm going to go get mine. I'm going to get after what I want, yada, yada, yada. 
after I read the book, the whole premise of the book is about how maybe there's more gifts in life when you surrender to things outside of your control and you do Mm -hmm. things like what you're mentioning, take one step, try one new thing, whatever's in Mm -hmm. front of you, whatever resonates, whatever's presented to you, maybe just say yes to that. And Mm -hmm. the more you start saying yes to things and the more you start to surrender to the flow of life, the more you start to sort of move with the flow of life as opposed to kind of moving against the current. I think that to me, like, and I, there are practices that I have, like gratitude is a big one for me, like every single, and I know that was one of your spokes, actually. I saw that. It's an outcome. Yeah. Or an outcome. So tell right. me what your, yeah. So tell me what your practice looks like. Yeah. So I practice every single morning, I will write at least 10 things I'm grateful for. And it depends. Sometimes I'll write about things in my life that I'm grateful for. Sometimes I will write about things I'm grateful about myself. So it's like a love letter to myself or like, but gratitude is one of those things like I'll use it in multiple ways. I'll send a text to somebody I care about, or it's like something along those lines. And that was nice. You sent me that movie when I had the flood. Yeah. That little, so, that little love. Movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, I like, I like, so that's like a daily practice for me. And, and what kind of power is it giving you? I can tell you're hacking your mood. Yeah, it's, 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 so this, I've talked about this a lot, but like the gratitude for me is the ultimate cheat code. I think when you're feeling grateful, you can't be mad. You can't be sad. You can't be upset. And if you are upset, mad or sad, practice gratitude and it almost washes over. So for me, it's, it's almost like a, an anchor. Like when I feel off, when I feel like I'm not in control or I don't have power, I usually mm-hmm. just sit down and I write down all the reasons why I'm grateful to be yes. here and all the reasons why I am just proud of myself, all the reasons why I, and, and that turns into then like, wow, <laughs> like I have all of this now here and it like removes me from the future and the past, which is where I think all of my problems actually live. And I just yeah. get dropped into here and that has been just, I think, one of the most consistent practices, I think. I've gone in and out of meditation. I've gone in and out of, you know, different types of, you know, practices. But I think that one practice has, has been, now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, damn, like that, yeah, that, that's been the practice for me over the last several years. And would you agree that it leverages something for you? Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. It changed my entire... I mean, you said it. You said it so perfectly earlier. I mean, it literally changes the way that I communicate, the way I show up, uh, who shows yep. up in my life because I'm grateful, right? Like, because I... The vibration, you're you're manipulating a vibration. It, if that, I mean, emotions are energy and motion. I've always believed that. And the resonance, you said resonance earlier. That's why I was like, ooh, I felt good when you said resonance. Yeah. Because it it is that feeling, right? Like when you feel good from whatever reason. I mean, I have friends that use the body uh, spokes, you know, like I have friends Mm -hmm. that literally work out purely. I think I heard this on a Joe Rogan podcast recently. He he mentioned that the reason he works out is to remove the angry demons. He he feels like he's got all these angry demons in him. and Whatever it takes. Right, right. It's just whatever. That's his thing. And he'll go work out for three, four hours a day. Just remove all of that, sweat it out, and all of a sudden he feels amazing, right? Like, I don't need to work out four or five hours a day to feel that. Like, I got another thing, and other people have other things, so. My work is really based around customization. Yeah. And, you know, that, I think that these spokes on the wheel that I created to heal myself, 
are, you know, we can all agree that they would help any human being, you know, anybody who's got a human body, you know, to sleep better or, you know, have more focus, you know, I mean, they're, they're not necessarily debatable whether it would be beneficial because underneath it, there's a customization that would be right for everyone. And I mean, I would say like your gratitude practice is probably in the focus section or, you know, in the master positive attitude, because you're really bringing your attitude into alignment for positivity, but it doesn't matter. That's a customization that works for you and you got to go with it. And I think so many of us, we're so busy that, you know, we don't sink into that intuition about what would be the best thing we, I mean, maybe even your listeners could do that. You know, what would be, you know, you have these, this boulder you're pushing up the hill or you have this illness or you have this other stressor in your life. What would be the one, I've asked crowds this, what would be the one thing you could do today that, you know, is related to well-being that you think would have a positive effect? And usually people know the answer. It's so interesting. I watch people and they go, you know what I, and it's not always the most, you know, don't edit yourself. It's not always the thing, you know, that the first thing that comes to mind, it may not be something that makes any sense. I asked someone this and they go, God, it's so weird. I just heard the word dance in my head. And I said, well, do you dance? And they go, no, you know, it's funny. That was my hobby when I was a little kid. I haven't danced in 20 years. Mm. And I said, oh my gosh, you have to go do something about it. So I made the executive sign up for a hip hop class <laughs> and they um, went the next day. They called me afterwards and they said, I cannot tell you how weird. They were like, I'm getting goosebumps telling you my soul feels so weirdly alive. Mm. And I was so excited for them. Yeah, Yeah, we all kind of know what we need to do. Mm -hmm. But I love this sort of just to jog people's memory. Like, because if you ask people like, what about well-being? This is just easier to like look at a visual and be like, oh, and pick one. It's like a dessert cart. I'm rolling it in front of you, you know, and you can customize it. You can pick whatever dessert you want. I think what's cool about, I feel like (laughs) they're all kind of connected too. So yeah, like when I, are. when I practice gratitude before I go to bed, I sleep mm-hmm. better. When I sleep better, I wake up and I'm more likely to go work out or do something for my body or like, I feel like it's all sort of connected in a Correct. really beautiful way. And I, and it's probably because we are the common denominator in all this, right? Like there are many facets of our lives that we celebrate. And I think, I think we forget Along the way, how do you go about remembering who you are in this journey of well-being? My personal customization for that is journaling. Mm. And I majored in creative writing. You know, I use like a clipboard like this and I just carry it with me everywhere. And then I put all my journaling stuff in like this decorated box. See, I even collage it. Isn't that cool? And then I just put all the loose papers in. What are your favorite props? Like, what do you love journaling about? Where I'm at, you know, I use that journaling to the focus for me, speak my truth. And so it feels like when my hand moves across a page, the truth of what I really feel seems to come out. Mm. I may not be able to say it to the person who just said something to me. And I'm like, that seems a little off. Was it me? You know, I might not say something right back, but I may write about it later and think that's what bugged me about mm. that. It was the energy or, you know, I, I feel like that's where my truth comes in. That's one of my most useful practices is journaling. And I've wanted to be a writer my whole life, you know, so 
I always encourage people like find that thing that, you know, is like that thread back to who you really are. The one that's the most, you know, gets you there the fastest. It seems like gratitude might be that for you. I journal a ton. Speak My Truth actually has been, you know, for me, even the show has been sort of like a pursuing of that truth. Or like I'm trying to find it and I'm trying yeah. to ask questions that may help me remember that truth, you know? So like for me, I think speaker truth actually resonates a lot, but it's not even speaking. It's almost like pursuing your truth, right? right? Like, like remembering your truth. Cause I, I think more this year than ever, I've just come to the realization that we've always known, we've always known the right answers. Mm-hmm. We've always known what to do. We've always had the, like, we were born on this planet with a clear soul that knew exactly what it wanted to experience. And along the way, we just sort of picked up society and the 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 nuances mm-hmm. of being human. And we're just sort of dancing in this human sort of story. But really, the ultimate game is just going back to remembering what you always knew as you were a child or as you came into this earth with just a pure belief. Um, about joy and love and connection and abundance. And I think this year more than ever, it's been about, I think, just allowing myself to find and free myself. The more I remove layers of BS, the more I remember things that I love doing, like the more I'm just in that flow and in, the more I feel pulled in my life. Exactly. <laughs> this book is, I'm so excited for, I haven't finished the book yet. I'm so pumped to finish it because this, because I think it's initially in the book, you called it a well-being wheel. And then it went to the wealth yes. being wheel, which I just love right. because the more you take care of your well-being, the more wealth, which is not just money, it's freedom, it's clarity, right. it's, it's joy, it's fulfillment, whatever you, you call wealth, but it just... What I think is so cool is I made an image that's in the book that just shows all the outcomes of all the different spokes because, you know, really we're human. We want all the goodies. So like, for instance, an outcome of getting enough sleep would be rejuvenation. Very obvious. You know, an outcome of relaxing would be calm. You know, an outcome of aligning your values and actions would be alignment. And, you know, I love the idea that there's outcomes that are very tangible if you operate from a core of well-being. And, you know, I think that if we're all trying to get to that state of flow faster, you know, I learned the hard way that, you know, Cheetos and a bad diet and mistreating your body and not listening to yourself, you know, being far removed, doing things that you don't like to do, hanging out with people that don't resonate with you, being in relationships that don't serve you, that all prevents you from flow. Yeah. And so what you were saying, like, as you interview all these different people, you know, that's a personal growth yeah. journey where, you know, I can see you as you interview people and how you, you know, speak to them on all these podcasts, you're taking, you know, knowledge and adding it to your pile of wisdom of what you basically already know, because it's things that resonate with your soul. Yeah. I think first, I just went back to the but personal growth. That's been a massive one for me. I mean, I've been weirdly obsessed with you know, facing fears and trying to uncover what those fears create and experience those emotions that come from jumping on the other side of fear. And I think fear is one of those beautiful North stars. Like if you lean, I read that, I got that out of the, the war of art. Have you read that book? 
I know about it for sure, but I cannot. It's a, it's it. a great read. And yeah. in, in the book, he talks about like resistance, which is mm-hmm. his word for fear. Like when you feel resistance, that's sort of like your soul saying, you got to go and do it. So what's something you fear right now? What's something I fear right now? You know what? To the, I, I don't know. In, in, I actually, in the last like six months, I feel like I've done certain things that have removed I know you've done a lot of work around. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've tried removing. So I had a fear of of approval. That was a massive one of being approved by certain people in a public setting as we start creating more content and growing our, our growing the business and like stepping into roles that I just didn't think I could be in. You know, like that was massive fears. But I actually did a lot of work to realize that a lot of those fears were based on beliefs that were made when I was way younger and not necessarily things mm-hmm. that serve, but. Sweeping out the garage. Sweeping out the garage. No, I'm telling you, I think, and I I will tell this to everyone listening. I think the way, the reason I love you, your story, and uh, just this book in general is because one, you come from a very traditional background that I think almost everyone can resonate with. I mean, I came from a corporate background and that's why I think I resonate a lot with your story and the upward trend of just work, work, work and what's celebrated in traditional society and I, I just love how you've created this sort of like this wheel of everything. It's not, it's not a single facet. There's not a single facet of well-being that will set anybody free. It's a combination of things. And as you grow and in different seasons of life, like you said, right now, you're not necessarily looking for intimate connection. There's other things in your, well, I didn't say I wasn't you're looking, you're looking, but you're not, <laughs> no, just but it's not, but it's like, you're. It's something I need right, to work right, on. Right, right. Yeah. But it's like, it's sure. the season of life. Like you're just celebrating different seasons of yeah. life and you're picking different habits and tools and, and priorities totally. for those seasons. And that's creating a very beautiful dance. Wow. <laughs> well, I also think too, like you were mentioning, yeah, I mean, I'm still in corporate America. And so now I'm, you know, I work at a major financial firm and I also am an entrepreneur but what I think nobody ever says is that you can do well and be well at the same time. Mm. I mean, nobody in corporate America ever yep. says that. And so that's like my big message to people listening. You can do well and be well at the same time. We were taught that success comes first and well-being will come later when you have the money and time to deal with it. That's the opposite is true. There's executives, there's 18 of them in the book, you know, everyone from the co-founder of Whole Foods, John Mackey to Robin Denholm, the chairman of the board of Tesla. I mean, real people who are using well-being to make themselves more successful. I mean, how inspiring is that? You can have that and it will make you sustain yourself longer rather than burning out, you'll rise up. I love it, Megan. If any listeners wanted to get a copy of the book, get in touch, learn more about this amazing sort of philosophy for living, how, uh, how would they go about doing that? The book is called Reinvent the Wheel, um, How Top Leaders Leverage Wellbeing for Success. They can either go to my website, which is meganmcneely.com, M-E-G-A-N-M-C-N-E-A-L-Y, or they can buy it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Indie Books, and then now 800 CEO Reads is turned into Porchlight. Oh, so those four places. Beautiful. It comes out in the U.S., October 22nd, it comes out in the UK in November. Beautiful. Well, we'll make all of these links available for anybody who's frantically writing down how to spell some of this stuff. All of these will be in the show notes. Megan, I just want to take a moment to say thank you again um, for just sharing your story, your wisdom in such an approachable manner 
I think uh, well-being and the pursuit of well-being can be a pretty daunting sort of journey. And uh, I think the way you've described it and the way that you've sort of created it in your own life is really inspiring. And I hope uh, serves as uh, a reminder for everyone to pick the things they love doing and don't be too hard on yourselves as you're trying to become better human beings. I got one last question for you. In the midst of everything you've experienced, everywhere you've been and everywhere you're going, how do you stay grounded? I stay grounded by believing that I'm here to serve and that if I stay in that view that I'm here to help as many people as I can. You know, I promised when I was sick that if I ever lived, you know, I would devote the rest of my life to helping other people. And so that's how I stay grounded. I'm here to serve. Service. I love it. Well, uh, I know you served quite a few people on, on over the last hour. So again, <laughs> Megan, thank you so much for being here, sharing your story. But everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your new friend, Megan. And from us, stay grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.